I hope you had a fun weekend, found things to do, got outside, enjoyed yourself. Uh, During these quarantining times, the weather is nice enough that we could get out there socially, distantly responsible, of course. And I was out in Buddy's backyard on Sunday. Gilbert and I went to a local park all day, did some hiking and laying around in the grass on Saturday. Craig, yourself, how'd you spend the weekend? I was watching the uh, virtual game with the uh, the Huskers. <laughs> yes, I'm sure. You over were. the weekend, I yes. had a lot of time you, on my hands. You had it marked on your calendar. Yes, and, yes, and uh, and how was that for you? Since it was free, I had uh, nothing to lose. <laughs> Unlike the Nebraska football spring game, which is a practice, <laughs> and they charge people ten dollars a head so they can make a million bucks. Uh, they were nice enough. Nineteen thousand people. This was a headline on some national sports uh, websites on Saturday because it was the closest thing we've had to real competition, and everybody else's spring game obviously was canceled. I don't know if any other uh, colleges had a virtual spring game, but of course Nebraska did. They brought in their radio broadcasters to broadcast it, and uh, and I know just absolutely enraptured and enthralled was it was uh, Robin Washit, who's a beat writer for Husker Online. He's He's their main basketball guy, but of course it's all hands on deck with football. We have Robin today because the South Dakota State Jackrabbits are getting a transfer from the Nebraska basketball team. Uh, but we'll get to that in a moment here on Fox Sports 98.1, AM 1230, and KWSN.com. Uh, but I will start with Robin. You, you said you weren't assigned to this game. You did check it out. I just want to clarify because I actually did not spend a second, contrary to what Craig probably believes, um, I was enjoying the great outdoors and did not care to go back and and uh, and see what all the buzz was about. We're, we're like the actual like how did how was this format? Like a bunch of Husker legends got together and red versus white. And I heard Eric Crouch had a great game. And uh, you know, for those that didn't get to enjoy this, what uh, what can you tell us? Yeah, so basically, it was used on the um, Xbox version of the most. I guess the last. Um, EA Sports NCAA video game. I believe it's 2014. I don't know, but anyway, um, so it was a relatively familiar-looking format for for those gamers out there. But uh, they created a red and white uh, Nebraska team and had a draft of um, Husker legends to make up the the teams. And um, Tommy Frazier was the quarterback of the um, red team. Eric Crouch was the quarterback of the white, and they uh, you know spread them out. Um, you know various stars from various eras, uh, you know, going all the way back to the, the 70s uh, that you know, made up their rosters. And so they basically, I think they simulated the game just as a computer simulation for the first half and then had two uh, secret players take control of both teams and they revealed the identity of those players after the game. And um, <laughs> the, the, the computer simulation, the red team and Tommy Frazier dominated and then uh, the White made a furious comeback at the end, and it turned out that uh, Wandale Robinson blew a significant fourth-quarter lead with the red team uh, and let Cam Taylor-Britt, uh, the defensive back, uh, make a, uh, like I said, a comeback for the ages in the fourth quarter. So, it, you know, I watched maybe ten minutes of it just to see what it was all about. And, you know, the the cool thing was that Nebraska did a good job with just the presentation of it, you know, having – not only uh, Greg Sharp and Matt Davis and their radio play-by-play and color guy um, called the game. They were calling it like it was a real game, and they had, like, uh, fed-in crowd noise in the background, so it sounded like you know there was a real game going on. Uh, but other than that, you know, it was what it does, was. But 
you know, today's current situation, uh, as you as you mentioned, 19,000 people were more than willing to uh, take anything they could get. Oh, by the way, do they do the fumble ruski? Just curious if they did that over the weekend. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's an actual function of the game. And if, but if it was, <laughs> I guarantee you they would have done it. Well, then it's not a Nebraska game. Fire whoever <laughs> put together the software. Uh, Robin Washett joins us, HuskerOnline.com. It is Craig and John here on Fox Sports 98.1, AM 1230, and KWSN.com. Before we get to the hoops part of the interview, I mean, of course, this would have been Nebraska's spring game this past Saturday. Probably at least 80,000 of the 90,000 available would be there. Um, But considering what Nebraska has coming in, how much does not having this entire spring of practices and the spring game hurt for a squad like Nebraska. It hurts everybody because everybody's in the same boat, but uh, you know, how do they, how well do they absorb not having all these reps compared to other teams? Yeah, it's hard. Um, I guess if you want to spin it, uh, any sort of silver lining to it, uh, you know, Nebraska's had two position groups in particular that would have been really thin in the spring because, um, a significant number of new arrivals wouldn't have been here. You know, they, they're either future college transfers or incoming freshmen um, that are being expected to contribute right away next year or this year, whenever it is, uh, that wouldn't be on campus until the summer. So, like, wide receiver and running back in particular, the numbers would have been really uh, stretched thin. And so even just playing a spring game would have been difficult. Uh, I don't know how they would have divvied up those just because, I mean, just the number of scholarship available players on the spring roster um, would have been hard to manage. So uh, I guess the good news is that those new guys are going to be uh, basically on equal footing whenever the official practices do resume. Uh, and so you know, maybe that will minimize the amount of catching up they have to do in order to uh, you know, vault up the depth chart or whatever it may be. Uh, but really that's kind of the only way you can put, a, I guess, a, like I said, a, a silver lining to this just because, Missing 15 practices. I guess they got two of the 15 in before things got shut down, uh, but missing that much, just practice reps and time together, especially considering Nebraska, you know, they're introducing a new offensive coordinator um, and, you know, have a new outside linebackers coach that, uh, you know, just the familiarity aspects there um, is always important. And, you know, that's uh, a whole 13 less practices that maybe some of those other quarterbacks, you know, whether it be Luke McCaffrey or Noah Vetrill, uh, would have had to potentially push Adrian Martinez. I, I thought that Adrian was the front runner and it was his job to lose going into spring. Now you take out, like I said, 13 days worth of competition. It looks more and more like it's going to be uh, extremely difficult for any of those other guys to truly push Adrian for the starting job, at least going into week one. So, you know, there's a lot of lost opportunity there. But again, Nebraska's dealing with what everybody else in the country is dealing with. And at least, they got two practices in. You know, there's some schools uh, that didn't even get any. Uh, so take what you can get. Uh, they're still leaving the door open that potentially they can make those practices up uh, maybe later in the summer, in June, uh, just kind of depending on how this whole coronavirus situation unfolds. But, you know, I guess uh, worst-case scenario, uh, you're at least allowing a bunch of guys that um, wouldn't have been there for spring anyway to come in and you know not have – as much of a gap between them and everybody else uh, starting whenever uh, fall practices kick in. Robin Washett, Husker Online, joining us. Sports Talk with Craig and John. Fox Sports, 98.1, AM 1230 and KWSN.com. Let's switch over to basketball. As the word comes out that Charlie Easley is 
transferring from Nebraska to South Dakota State. How much of a big hit is this for the Huskers? Um, it's a hit in the sense that Charlie is everything you could possibly want from a player um, when it comes to personality, work ethic, uh, just drive, doing everything the right way every time, every rep, every practice. Uh, I mean, he is the prototype of what every coach dreams about um, in a player. But on the court, you know, the writing was on the wall. He was able to go from walk-on to scholarship player uh, just kind of out of necessity last year where they had some, you know, they had a guy transfer mid-year, um, and some players deal with suspension. And while there was all this, uh, you know, inconsistency and roller coaster stuff going on with the scholarship guys ahead of him, Charlie, you know, like I said, was uh, steady Eddie. And, you know, he was always doing things the right way and uh, doing what the coach asked from him. And that got him on the court and it got him a scholarship for the spring semester. So uh, looking ahead to this year, there's far more depth, uh, you know, a lot more, I think, stability with that backcourt that. I mean, if, if he was seeing the floor, there was a lot of bad things that happened in Nebraska <laughs> to you know, make that a possibility. So, you know, the fact that he's able to go play Division One basketball on a full scholarship at a program like South Dakota State is a no-brainer in my sense, or in my opinion. Uh, you know, an opportunity that, you know, he, he couldn't refuse. I mean, I, he wanted to be in a Husker. He loved playing for his hometown uh, university. Uh, and, you know, that experience of getting on the floor as much as he did last year, starting four games, including the Big Ten tournament, you know, that's, a pretty unbelievable experience for a kid that, you know, really didn't have any Division One offers uh, to speak of coming out of high school. You know, it's it's hard to move on from that. But you look at the opportunity now that's you know given to him at South Dakota State. It makes total sense why he would want to make that move. So from a locker room standpoint, it's a loss for Nebraska. But you know they understand that uh, you know Charlie's a guy that he deserves a scholarship. He deserves to play meaningful minutes. Uh, for a team that you know potentially could push for a conference championship or even NCAA tournament berth. Yeah, well, and the truth is in the Husker backcourt, I mean, Fred Hoiberg just has has a lot more talent coming in, and that includes some transfers, a junior college transfer from Western Nebraska and uh, transfer from Pittsburgh, and Kobe Webster from Western Illinois. I mean, that's a guy Jackrabbit and Coyote fans around here are familiar with, a really good player on a terrible team in the Summit League, what attracted Nebraska to him and what, what kind of playing time and involvement do you expect him to have? Well, he's obviously a graduate transfer. He was able to get a degree from uh, Western Illinois in three years, so he's a fourth-year grad transfer, so extremely smart kid. And it's interesting because he uh, was able to meet with uh, Fred Hoiberg and uh, the assistant coach Matt Abdomasi uh, in Indianapolis, where his hometown, uh, the day before Nebraska's Big Ten tournament game. So, like, literally, like, two days before college basketball was pretty much shut down, he was able to have one last in-person meeting um, out there in Indy. And uh, that was the only in-person meeting he had uh, throughout that, that entire um, reopening of his recruitment in the in the transfer portal. And it was enough to seal the deal for him. I mean, I guess the, the main thing for him, just talking to him, it's, the opportunity to play a Fred Hoiberg system, you know, that five out, uh, interchangeable, high tempo, fast paced, uh, you know, style of basketball, uh, it's appealing to a lot of guys, but especially a guy like Kobe who averaged 17 points per game last year, but can also play the point, uh, and do a lot of different things. So, uh, I mean, he had a lot of other options and he chose Nebraska. So that 
um, leads you to believe that he will have uh, a pretty significant role next year. Otherwise, he wouldn't have come here for his final season of college basketball. So, uh, extremely smart kid. Been able to talk to him a few times, uh, and you know, really you know, just got a fun personality that uh, I think Nebraska fans are really going to enjoy. Anything left for Robin Craig? Nope, good stuff. Okay. Um, off season for Husker basketball. It's mainly getting everybody healthy compared to a year ago, isn't it? Yeah, they had uh, you know, some some injuries, but really, it's uh, the big question for them now is once again having all these talented individuals and making them become a cohesive team. Uh, that's obviously was a lot easier said than done last year, and uh, they never figured it out. Now they seem to have more talent on paper. They seem to have more depth and experience. Will they be able to actually uh, click together and be able to be competitive in the Big Ten? That, that's the big question right now. And, uh, of course, Husker Online is who Robin Washer writes for. And I'll just circle back to football real quick with a football recruiting question because that doesn't stop during these times. And on Friday, P.J. Fleck at Minnesota was able to grab the number 8 ranked cornerback in the country. I believe it was a cornerback out of the Omaha area and beating out Nebraska, although from what I hear from Husker fans and some Husker media, that they were so deep that Scott Frost really wasn't as hot on a number 56 overall rated player in the country as P.J. Fleck was. What truth is there to that? And how, you know, it, from our point of view up here, and for Gopher fans, it feels like a victory, and wow, that looks bad for Nebraska and Scott Frost's early recruiting, but how is it taken or assessed down there? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people that are upset about that happening uh, because anytime an uh, in-state player goes somewhere else, it's a blow, uh, especially when he's a four-star talent and especially when it goes to a division rival. I mean, that was kind of the, the worst-case scenario in a lot of ways. Um, I guess the one feeling here is uh, just because you know he committed um, basically based off uh, virtual visits to Minnesota doesn't mean that his recruitment is done. Um, signing day is a long time away, so there's a lot of feeling that you know eventually you know maybe Nebraska can sway him back to uh, you know decommit from Minnesota and you know come back to Nebraska. So that's kind of the the nature of college football recruiting in particular. It doesn't happen as much in basketball, but with football, uh, a verbal commitment means about as much as uh, me telling me I'm going to go mow your lawn today, John. Because <laughs> you know it's it's a promise, but it doesn't really mean a lot. So, that's disappointing. Uh, I was just going to ask you that before we left the interview. <laughs> I know Craig doesn't need so, it. He probably did it twice this weekend. <laughs> yeah, he's got some time on your hands. Yeah. But so yeah, we'll see what happens. But you know, if it holds and he does end up sticking with Minnesota, that I don't care how you spin it. That's that's a loss for yeah. Nebraska because you know there's only so much legitimate in-state talent that comes out of Nebraska, and if you yeah. lose that, especially to a division rival, that's a blow in every sense. I appreciate the honesty, uh, Robin Washett, Husker Online. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Enjoy the rest of your spring. Yeah, you too, guys. Thanks for having me.